What is church membership, and why is it important? On this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's Word to a starving world. Fresh Bread podcast number 40, and today we're going to tackle church membership. Church membership. So what is church membership, and why is it important? Do we need to be a member of a church? Would we even want to join a church that would want us as members? So let's dive in to Fresh Bread. Again, I'm Pastor Keith. He's Pastor Brandon. This is a topic that is on your heart, I think, well, church membership. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one, because before I went to seminary, I didn't really think about that. I, 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 never, I never really wanted to be a member of a church. And then after seminary, after discovering, kind of defining everything, but it, it changed my mind. So, Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, in terms of, in terms of um, defining church membership, well, first off, I mean, like you say, it is, it is incredibly important to have a clearly defined membership, meaning that we know who who is part of the body and who is not. And it's important, you know, biblically because because of oversight and and knowing knowing who is part of the body. Now, you know, the question is, is it something that's taught in, in the New Testament? And I would argue that it's implicitly taught, if not ex- explicitly, um, meaning that you won't find church membership specific, you know, that term uh, defined in the New Testament. And and that's probably the biggest argument against, you know, having a defined church membership. Uh, yet, you know, I think clearly, um, you know, the Lord delineates the church. I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, the the universal church, yeah, I think he knows. I mean, we, we have passages that speak of by being members of the body. Ephesians 5 says that we, you know, 5.30, Paul says that we are members of his body, speaking of Christ and the church, and that, so that we're members of his body. So, I mean, clearly, when you look at it that way, I mean, the Lord knows who his church is. Now, you know, the argument there is that when it speaks of being a member, I mean, it means basically we're a body part. We're a we're part of the body of Christ, and so you know it's one of those things where the Lord knows that who we are. He's delineated us, and you know the argument against. I think what we're what we're talking about though is local church membership versus you know overall membership of the body of Christ. I, there, I don't think anybody would be able to argue biblically that you know when when you're saved when god saves you he put makes you part of his body when part part of you know the body of christ and so i don't think anybody would ever be able to argue big, biblically that we're not members of the body so when we all become believers we become part of the universal church right we become god, part of god's family we, the, the, when christ talks about the church and he's the bride of the church but talk a little bit about the difference between the the, the universal church and, and the local church the difference there you know that the local church is a manifestation of the church universal in a in a specific time and in in a, in a specific place. 
So, you know, the, the church universal is the church from Pentecost to when the Lord returns. I mean, who, the, all those that he has saved, he's going to make part of the body of Christ, and that spans the globe, and it spans that, you know, 2,000 plus years. So whatever that number ends up being. And so anyone who is part of the body of Christ will be a part of the church. But we are not, you know, we're, we are finite people. We're finite. We're human. We're finite. We don't, we don't span 2,000 years, and we don't span the globe at any given time. So, I mean, I, I know that seems, you know, we, we all know that. But you, you and I are limited to time and space. And so it would make sense that there would be a local manifestation of the body of Christ that we can participate in. And that is, you know, the local church. And so, so the question is, are, you know, do we commit to one local church? And I think the answer has to be yes, because of accountability, that we are accountable to, you know, the, the church leadership is going to have to answer for those who are under their charge. Well, in order for me to answer for those who are under my charge, I have to know who those people are. I don't think that the Lord is going to say, well, you know, this guy that ducked in the church, you know, once or twice over the past, over a five-year period, you're responsible for that guy. You're responsible for, you know, giving, giving an account for him. I don't think that's the, I don't think that's how the Lord is going to do it. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is is that now He may hold me accountable if I didn't like if I've if I don't teach church membership and teach that we need to be committed to the body and and I allow people to to just sort of duck in and out and I don't really ever say anything. Maybe He'll hold He'll definitely I think He'll hold me accountable to that. But I don't think He's going to hold me accountable to you know the guy that just comes in you know once every every 12 months and doesn't really hold it. You know, he's on the fringes. He doesn't really make himself part of the body. He doesn't, I can't get to know him. He hasn't committed to the body. I I don't think so. And so, you know, the question then becomes, who am I going to be responsible for? I think it's going to be those who are part of the body, who have, who have covenanted themselves to be a part of the body, to serve the body, to love the body, to, to join and gather with the body. I think that's what, I think that's what is going to be um, what the, how the Lord is going to going to hold me accountable. Now, then the question becomes: What about you know do church membership? Does church membership is it something that has to be official? And you know the truth is, I could probably see it two different ways. I could see that the Lord would, you know, that if someone comes and is a part of the body, they're part of the body and that they they regularly come and you know you you know them you know you you're you're friends with them they're brothers and their sisters in Christ I mean and I could see that being you know sort of that be the membership but I, I think the problem with that is is that it it doesn't really it isn't firm enough I mean it's it's sort of this maybe kind of I'm under your leadership I'm not maybe I'm not I mean the you know, it's like, it's funny because we're sitting here having this conversation and, you know, the choice of a church may be one of the most important things you ever do in terms of your family and and your spiritual life. Nobody ever questions being part of a, you know, a golf club or a, or, 
you know, being members of, I mean, nobody ever says that that's a, that's problematic, but then when you come to the church, then all of a sudden, you know, we get kind of weird about it. And, and I don't think that that's, I think that, that practically speaking, it, I need to know who's going to be a part of the church or not. I mean, at practically speaking, mm-hmm. I need to be able to say, Hey, this is what we expect as, you know, members of the body. This is who we are. This is what we teach. And that person needs to commit to that. And they need to say, yes, that's what I am. I'm, I believe the doctrinal statement. I, yeah, maybe I take an exception here and here, but by and large, I believe that. And I'm going to submit to the leadership of the church. I'm going to submit to the teaching of the church. And, and I'm going to do, you know, the, the one another's. And I'm going to love the church and gather with the church. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to be accountable to the church. I don't think you can carry out the teaching of what the New Testament says outside of having a local body that's defined. So what would you say to somebody, though, that would say, I just like the freedom to go to different churches every Sunday, and I'm getting I'm getting a flavor of each service that if I just go to one church, I feel like I'm not a, I'm not getting fed as much as I would be if I went if I went to like three or four different churches in my area. Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays I think it's I mean, I, I, there's probably people that do that, but nowadays it's probably more the internet. Uh, you know, the, with the rise of celebrity pastors that are on the internet, that you know, we all have access to, uh, you know, in, in seconds I can pull up on my computer screen or my phone and I can be watching a John MacArthur or R.C. Sproul or mm. uh, Steve Lawson or, you know, uh, Sinclair Ferguson or, or Robert Thomas. I can, I can pull those people up and I can watch someone and, and, you know, they're sort of the, the professionals, the major leagues, they're the, they're the ones that everybody knows. And, you know, and so I can, I can pull those people up and watch them anytime, any place. And I don't really need, this is the argument. I'm not saying this right, but the argument is I don't really need uh, the body of Christ because I have this great teaching and you know, that the I, that local pastor is not going to be as good as the guy I have on the internet. And, you know, because th- that guy's teaching, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, obviously his teaching is much, you know, much better and, and more honed. And, and unfortunately then you have, uh, you know, even even good ministries, I like grace to you. I, you know, one of my struggles is that, you know, people supporting, you know, a grace to you and and not supporting the local church, and you know, and I'm not begrudging them and saying that they shouldn't take the, you know, shouldn't take the gift, but you know, and and grace to you has done an amazing, has an amazing ministry, has given away lots of resources, and have you know been been party to planting a lot of churches, and so definitely love the ministry. I, I, but I do struggle when you have a local, when you have someone local to a, to a, you know, like a Gainesville and, you know, most of their money is going to, and, and most of their support is going to, you know, grace to you or, or, or Ligonier or whatever, and not coming to the local church to build up the local church. And so, you know, I, that's, and that may sound like I'm, you know, like i I'm struggling with that. Well, I'm not struggling with it. I mean, it is what it is. The Lord is going to sort these things out. I don't, it's, it's fine if that's what they want to do, but it is a, it is a concern for me because I don't think people are growing like they ought to when 
they're not committed to you know the local the local church you know because that the truth of the matter is is that you know you and I are pastors of a local church and we know our people our people know us you know we when we get in the pulpit to preach I mean I I don't I try not to think about particular people when I'm when I'm preparing, I try not to, you know, this guy needs to hear this or this gal needs to hear that. I try not to do that. I just want to preach the truth. But at the same time, I do know my people, right? And so I know what they need and I know, and I know what they're struggling with. I I know that I know that I need to give an encouraging word here, or I need to exhort them over here. I know what they need. And so, cause I'm, I'm living the same, I'm living with them. I'm, I'm there. John MacArthur as an as an incredible teacher as he is, he doesn't know people who, you know, someone who lives in Gainesville. He doesn't, even if he knows them, I mean, he doesn't know what they're going through on a day-to-day basis because he's not part of their lives. He's living in LA and he's, you know, he's doing, he's part of the body of Christ there. And so, you know, part of a local church there. And so, so I, I don't, I do think it's important for someone as a believer to choose a body and, and to, really commit to that body and and we both know that there's reasons why people don't and 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 in some ways in some ways some legitimate reasons it's funny because I was I have I preached a couple of sermons on this very topic and I went back and read those sermons and you know and and I my my whole thing was that you know some of the some of the reasons why we didn't or we won't you know because we're independent we don't want to we don't want to anybody to infringe upon our independence is, is one issue and and that's that's problematic. We you know, we definitely we definitely don't want to come under authority and, and you know, there is a concern, probably a legitimate concern because we see it we see so many men that are that are uh, abusing people in the body of Christ. I mean the whole the Southern Baptist Convention situation and all that's been brought up with that. I mean, a lot of all these discernment ministries that are out there that are exposing all these things. You know, you know, there's all these different people, these men who have who have abused the church and uh, abused people in the church and abused their power. And so people don't want to commit to that. They don't want to commit to a situation where you have someone who's going to going to be abusive and take advantage. You know, I would. That's what's funny about our membership. We, I do want people. I think people ought to become members. I think they ought to uh, commit to the to the local church. I think they ought to submit to the authority of the local church. But I think there's a limit to that. I mean, if, if a person, I, I've I have yet to say that a person can't leave the church. Right? Mm-hmm. I I don't think I'll ever say that. You know, I think that that's something that that would be problematic if we said, hey, you can't leave the church. You have to be. You have to. You're a member, and you've committed, and and you can't leave. I mean, if they choose to leave, they choose to leave. That's between them and the Lord. I don't. I'm not going to hold them to to that. I mean, now they've made that commitment. They've made the commitment to the church. They've made a, the commit, public commitment to the Lord. And if they choose to say, I mean, that's we. That's why we do it publicly. We do it in front of the church. We say, hey, you know, you want to be a member. This is this is the process, and. This is the commitment that you're making. You went through that in terms of becoming a member. My wife and I went through that in terms of becoming a member. We've committed publicly to do so, and and we've committed publicly to gather with these people, and and I think that's important. Having said that, if someone says, "Hey, I th- I think that you know, for whatever reason, life has changed. 
my commitments have changed, whatever. If they say they need to, they want to go to another church, or if they say that they want to leave, you know, this church and, and go over here, over there, I'm not going to say that's fine. What I'm going to say is, is that, I mean, in, in a sense it is, in a sense, that's but my point is, is that's between them and the Lord. They've they're the one that's made the commitment. I I've committed to them as long as they're here as a member of the body of Christ. I've committed to them to hold them accountable. I've committed to love them. I've committed to teach them. We're not a cult. You know, this is a voluntary membership. This is a I'm voluntarily committing myself to the body of Christ. I'm voluntarily committing myself to the authority of the church, to the leadership to serve and to love and be a, a, a viable member. Do you think part of the reason why people don't want to become members of a church is that they don't really understand? It, when I, before I understood it, it was, a, I was, I was a little afraid because I'm like, does this mean I have to give so much money now? It's almost like you're signing a contract where you're under the obligation to do all these things. And like you were saying, people want their freedom. So, but that's not what it is, right? No, it, it's the other, it's, it's not, uh, they're not under a, this negative obligation to do anything. I mean, it's a positive, yeah. it's a positive commitment. You've, you've just, you've chosen to do this. This is, you're not being coerced to, to do anything. I don't, I've never, you know, speaking of giving, I've never came, I've never talked to anyone about their giving. Mm-hmm. I've never, I don't, I don't even know specifically what people give. So, you know, it's more, I think what we have to recognize, it's a positive thing. It's a commitment ultimately to the Lord that I'm going to serve his body. And, you know, ultimately that he's going to protect me. If I'm a member of his body, if I'm a member of his universal, the body of Christ, and, and I commit myself to a local body of Christ, that he's going to, that he's going to protect me in that. And he's not in, in, in anything I go through in the body of Christ is, is according to his will. I mean, I, I need to be discerning whether, whether this body's teaching the truth and, and upholding the truth. And, and I need to be discerning of whether this body's overly legalistic and, you know, and creating, you know, more problems and, and rules, something that's, that needs to be followed because the Lord didn't explicitly say those things. I need to be discerning in that way. And, and I need to be willing to, it, it goes both ways. I need to be willing to hold my leadership accountable, you know, to, to these things and, you know, to be able to, to rightly in the right way, bring these things to their, to their attention. And, and if they don't respond rightly, I need to be, there's a point where I can say, okay, as a discerning member of the body of Christ, I can say, you know what, this is not the situation I need to hit to, to have my family a part of, or myself a part of. And that's fine. I mean, I don't, I mean, that's those, there's a legitimate reason to leave a church. You know, somebody saying something to you and that you don't like is not a legitimate reason to leave the church. Not, a decision being made that you don't like is not a legitimate reason to leave the church. I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, even a season of, of struggle is, isn't a reason to leave the church. I mean, you have to be, I mean, you, you can't have a hair trigger that way. But at the same time, at the same time, yes, I mean, you need to be discerning and understand that if somebody becomes authoritarian and, and they're hurt, hurting people, in the body of Christ, that, you know, there comes a point where you have to say, I can't do this. I can't be a party to this. I mean, I think if you start seeing it as a negative thing, then that's where you get in trouble. You know, like I'm, it's a negative, like membership, some negative issue. Like I'm, I'm now signing my name on the the dotted line and, you know, all of a sudden I'm in this cult and, you know, I can never get out. And, 
you know, I don't, I'm not my own person in a sense of being able to make my own decisions now and, and that sort of thing. And so I think we have to see it as Christ's protection for us. How long do you think someone should go to a church and look at it and kind of study it? Like, you know, like we were saying, go on the web page and, and see what they believe and all these things before you decide. Yeah. So I would say, I would say, yeah, anywhere from, you know, a couple of months to, to six months, you should be really ready to make okay. a decision and, and join, you know, make a, okay. make a decision to be a member of the body of Christ. If you, if at six months you haven't landed and you have questions and, and you have concerns that maybe, maybe it's not the right place for you and, mm. you know, maybe you need to move on and, you know, I, that's I, at least, at least you, I think at that point you should know. I okay. mean, you should have some good idea of what's going on in the church. I mean, you've had a, the ability, I mean, you've had the ability to go through, you know, at least a half a cycle of, of the of church life, meaning, you know, the season, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it could be that you, you come in early, you know, early summer and things are kind of slowed down and you don't get to see, but I mean, if you, if you came in say in June, May or June and, you should by by November December you should be able to see kind of what's really that church is all about. So why do you think it takes people? Some people really struggle with that. They can't find a church they like. <clears throat> well, because they're looking for a church they like. I mean, it's not a matter of the truth. Of the matter is, is that it that may be the wrong priority. Um, because and, and let me let me give some flesh to that. I, you know, maybe I'm looking for a church that has a great youth group, or maybe I'm looking for a church that has a great children's ministry, or maybe I'm looking for a church that has a certain type of preaching, or, or, or I'm looking for worship that's, you know, a certain way and done, done in a certain way, music. And, you know, that those sort of things are, are not necessarily, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, it, it's probably good if you have something that, that sort of fits your life and where you're at in terms of, you know, you have children and, and, you know, the church has lots of children and, you know, something that would be good for the children. I, I think that makes sense in some ways, but it can't be your only, uh, your only reason why you choose a certain church. I mean, you ha- you need to choose a church based on uh, different criteria than, than, you know, their mu- worship music or whether, whether they have children's ministry or whether they have youth ministry and that sort of thing. And I think that's probably, you know, people want that. They, they want the total package. I mean, and, and, they're they're looking for the wrong things. So, what should someone look for in a church? The main thing you should look for in a church is someone. I mean, a church that's preaching the gospel, a church that's preaching the word of God, expositing the scripture. Um, you know, a church that that is faithfully uh, faithfully gathering, and you know that you know that is not capitulating to the culture. A church that is you know that is willing to proclaim the truth even when it's unpopular. You know that's the kind of church that you're that you're looking for. You know a church that that is going to be there for you when that are going to love you and you know work through things when when things aren't so well, because we're going to go through those times in our lives. So I can tell you, there's no perfect church. Charles Spurgeon said, you know, anytime you find a perfect church and you join it, it becomes <laughs> imperfect. I'm uh, paraphrasing his quote, but that's you know that's that's one thing he said. And it's interesting. He also said there was a, it's a long, a long quote, but he talked about being you know a brick. And, you know, how a brick is useful in a wall, you know, when it builds part of a building, but a brick is useless when it's out on the ground, you know, getting kicked around. Mm. You know, I guess you could be a doorstop, but but even a doorstop, it has a function, you know, in the body, but or in the house. But but the point is, is that, you know, the point he's making is that, you know, we, we need to be, in order to be strong members of, 
of the body of Christ in in general, like the universal church. We need to be, you know, a part of the house. You know, we need to be a brick in a in a house, which is geographical, which is in a you know a, a specific house, and not you know not just be kicked around all over the world. You know, all here and there in terms of in terms of where we're at. So, so do you think that that too many people maybe come to church? They they want to be spectators. They just want to be fed, and that's it. Well, I, that is a that is a big issue. You know, we we have a we have a culture that you know you buy a ticket to a concert, you go mm-hmm. to be in, entertained. You buy a ticket to the movie theater, and you go to be entertained. You you buy a ticket to a sports event, and and you go to you know watch and be entertained. And uh, and I say that because I think that's the 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 general mentality of of church life is that I can I just need to be I need I need to go. And I participate. I participate by being there. I participate by watching. I don't necessarily be a, become a part of what's going on. I don't covenant my life to them. And that, yeah, that's a. I think that's a big problem um, in churches and a lot of churches. Even even solid churches have that problem, where people will come and you know they won't actually and they won't actually commit to the body of Christ. And, and serve the body of Christ. They just come on Sunday. I think I read the, the sermon and I said something like, "They come, you know, five minutes late and and, and stay two minutes after, and they think mm. that they're really a part, you know, on a Sunday." And then, you know, and then they wonder why the church is not there when they really need it. And you're never going to get any more. You're never going to get any more than you put into it. It's just the way it works. I mean, it just. You know, if I want to, if I want a church that's going to be loyal to me, I need to be loyal to them and use your and serve in a way yes. that it's interesting. That when you were just when you were talking, I was just thinking the benefits and the drawbacks to both a big church and a small church. Big churches have way more things to offer, and they usually have a pastor who is obviously gifted, <laughs> so people are there, and they. They probably have a, a good music worship team and all these things, but the largeness of it allows people to come and go sort of incognito. You know, sure. you you can wear sunglasses and sneak in the back and leave. You don't have to really expose yourself or, or fellowship with anyone. And in the small churches, there's so many opportunities to serve, but they don't have all of the bells and whistles that the big churches have. They're they're trying to develop that with you know with the Lord's will and and the Lord's help, bring in more musicians, bring in more teachers, you know all these things that would be great to have. Counseling is a big thing that the large churches can offer. Small churches have just a few. So there, it's funny how the Lord has that worked out, where you're never going to find the perfect church. No, I mean not here on earth. I mean yeah. it's you know it's not it's not possible. There is sin, you know, and even even amongst the most godly believers, there's going to be sin, and we're not always going to we're not always going to love each other like we ought to, and you know we're going to fall down, and and you know there, we only know so much. I mean, I I don't I only know what I see, what I can what I can see, and 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 then what the Lord allows me to discern. And so you know, you may be going through something. Somebody listening to this may be going through something that I have no idea you're going through it. You know, I, I want to know that when, you know, those things I need to know. But, yeah, I mean, I can't do any more than I can do. And, and we're not going to be perfect. And, and that's not a cop-out. I mean, I, I feel terrible, right, when, I, when things like that happen. 
and I, I every time I feel terrible. I mean, I feel like I've failed them, and and but at the same time, I'm you know I'm only who I am. I'm only I, you know the Lord didn't make me omniscient. He didn't make me. I mean, that's I mean, really, if you think about it, that's the body of Christ. You know, the body of Christ is is really His manifestation on the earth, and I'm only one part. You know, one part of that, and so you know, even as the pastor, I'm only one part of that, of that, I'm only one cog in the wheel. Um, and so are you. And so, you know, the church is never going to be perfect. A big church, there's always going to be problems. Uh, small churches, there's always going to be ways that we lack, mm-hmm. you know, where we, where we fail people. And so, uh, if, you know, unfortunately, there's like like I say, there's no perfect church. But then you said, I mean, the Lord, the Lord, but at the same time, the Lord made the church, and He knows all that. He knows the shortcomings. Mm-hmm. He knows there's going to be struggles. He knows there's going to be strife. He know, He knows there's going to be people who are over authoritarian. He knows there's going to be legalism. He knows all that, and yet He still is, says in Matthew 16, "I will build my church." There's not going to be a perfect church, and we're never going to find it. But the Lord still says and promises to build his church. He still is going to hold his church accountable. He's still going to hold his leadership accountable. And he's still going to hold people who are part of the church accountable. And, you know, even, even in the midst of the, of the struggle. How does becoming a member help with the fellowship and a, and a shared spiritual life? How does that help when you become a member? I mean, it's funny because Al Mohler, I, I, again, going back to that sermon, the series that I preached on church membership, I, I brought up, you know, declining membership. And, you know, one of the things that it, Al Mohler had even said was the, one of the biggest problems in, in churches is that we, you know, we have members in name only, right? We just have members that, I mean, that's a big issue in the Baptist, you know, Southern Baptist Convention is that, the, you know, is, that, is the church membership actually real? You know they have you know certain number of members, but is that actually real? Like are those are those actually members of the church? And so just becoming a member, like just saying okay, I'm a member at First Baptist Church, or I'm a member at the Methodist Church, or I'm a member at the Lutheran Church. I, just saying I'm a member of of a church doesn't. I mean that's not what it's all about. I mean I I would argue that that we definitely need to know who the members are and. And we need to be very clear who they are. But but a member ought to be someone who's actually functioning as a member. I mean, they actually are having fellowship with the body, and they're coming they're coming and being a part of the body more than just you know once or twice a year. I mean, you know, coming at Christmas and Easter, and and that's it. You know, and that's not that's not a true member. That's just somebody in name a member in name only, and probably a Sino Christian, a Christian in name only. I mean, it's that not you know, not really truly serving as being a part of the body. So, so being a, being a member is more than just signing on the dotted line. Being a member actually means you, the question is, how does it help with fellowship and shared spiritual life? Being a member does not help with fellowship and shared spiritual life. Being an active member that is actively serving, actively attending, gathering with the saints, that helps with this with fellowship and spiritual life obviously fellowship's clear i mean i i if i'm i can't fellowship with someone unless i'm actually with them i can't have a shared life with them i can't have a shared spiritual life with them unless i'm actually with them i mean i i don't if i don't know you i can't have a shared spiritual life i can't have a a any any koinonia uh fellowship with you you know that that get togetherness i can't have that i mean so so 
I would say, in answer to your question, being a member doesn't help it. Being a active member that's actively involved is what we need. And, and so... That's a good answer. So how important is it for believers to become members? I think you touched on this and come under the authority of elders and pastors. Why is that? Why does that help believers? First off, it helps the members or it helps the leaders know who they're responsible for. We've already talked about yeah. that. But but it also it also tells the I mean, if I'm gonna come under your authority, if I'm gonna say, you know, as a pastor, if I'm gonna come under Keith, I'm under your authority. And I am. I mean You are. Yes. I make it, and they let you know that every day. <laughs> every day. If I'm going to be under your authority, I better, boy, I better know who you are, right? I need to know what makes you tick. I need to know what you believe. I need to, you know, and and I need to hold you accountable. I mean, there's a, it goes both ways. It's, this is not, I mean, we, you know, this whole authority thing. Yes, you, you know, you are an authority over me. And, and, and yes, that is, that's important. It's a, it's a position that's of importance for you. But that doesn't give you the right to be authoritarian, it doesn't give you the right to to rule with an iron fist, and so I have the I have the responsibility to hold you accountable to the right type of leadership. You know, the New Testament type of leadership that when we get to know one another, we can hold one another accountable, right? And and you know, in a in a church body that's functioning well and for, functioning pro- properly, hopefully there's there's multiple leaders, like in this situation you know, where, where you're holding me accountable, I'm holding you accountable. And Lord willing, in time, we'll have more elders that are, you know, involved. So Does it help in our identity of, of becoming a part of the Bride of Christ when we become a member of a local church? Yeah, I mean, that goes back to, to Spurgeon, his brick idea. Yeah. You know, I, if, I'm, if I'm just a brick laying out on the ground, I'm no different than just a rock laying out. I, may have, I mean, I may have a shape, you know, the shape of a brick, but I have no function as a brick, you know, I'm, huh. I'm no more, I mean, so in terms of a believer, if I'm just out wandering around, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I may be a believer, but I have no function, I'm not functioning as a believer. I mean, you know, I need to be a part of the body of Christ in order to have a function. And, you know, somebody may say, well, I can evangelize, I can, you know, without being part of the body of Christ, I can, well, no, not really. I mean, you can, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can preach the gospel, but there's no, I mean, if you're not, if you're not preaching the gospel to actually bring people into the church and so that they can be discipled, then it doesn't work. That was the whole, I mean, you look at the New Testament, that they didn't just go out and preach the gospel and leave people just sort of as, you know, rambling, you know, rambling around doing, you know, not, not connected at all. They actually planted local churches. I mean, the church at Ephesus, the church at Philippi, you know, the church, the, the church at Colossae. I mean, they actually... They were actual churches that were planted, you know, as a result of evangelism. So becoming a member helps with everything. It helps with the equipping. You're, you're better equipped by becoming a member because you're more involved. Yes, and you're being held accountable to what, what you're learning, too. I mean, if, I don't, if I'm not part of the local church, if I'm not part of that, I can't, you can't hold people accountable to those things. It's just, it just yeah. becomes information. I mean, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the truth of the matter is, Keith, if you watch the Internet, and you watch John MacArthur, and you watch him preach the most awesome sermon, you know, on whatever topic, whatever, whatever passage, and it's amazing, and you think it's a, it's incredible, but then you don't actually do anything about it. It's just information. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just fruitless knowledge. And so, the church actually helps you put those things into into 
you know, like actually put those things into practice. I mean, because it, the church holds you accountable to those things. If I'm just learning, if I'm just learning information on the internet, I, that, I don't, I'm not being held accountable to that. And that's the function of the local church. So as we wind this down, this podcast on church membership, how does, this is just a closing question, kind of, how does church membership help us as a church, you and I are pastors, how does it help us legally when we have members at our church and we're, we're, we're counseling them and we're, we're shepherding them? How does it help us that, that people are members? If you have a membership process and you're clear doctrinally where you stand, if someone comes regularly and you you've taught that you've that's something that you publicly proclaim that there is a membership this is the requirements for membership and they're coming regularly basically they're they're saying I'm a part of this even though they haven't explicitly said that they're part of it we can still church discipline them and and legally we're on not as shaky of ground but if you don't have a membership and you haven't taught membership and you haven't said this is our doctrinal statement and this is what we believe and you end up you end up disciplining them you're in you're you're on more shaky ground shakier ground than you would have been otherwise so so a membership legally is a very important thing because it delineates what we what we say you know, it takes to be a part of a, you know, part of our membership, part of our church. Okay. And the other thing too, and you know, this was something that, you know, like, like doing a wedding, we need, Mm -hmm. you know, I would not do a wedding for anybody that's not a member. And, and the reason for that is, I mean, like in our church, like as a part of our, as a ministry of our church. And the reason for that is if someone who's is, is say wants to be married and be in a same sex relationship and wants to be married I can't, I, if I tell them no, and I've told other people yes, they have potentially, it's the whole cake, it's the whole wedding cake thing yep. of the guy in, in Colorado. He, you know, refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex marriage, and they, you know, they got, he's been, you know, taken to the Supreme Court, and you, know, you could potentially have that so, sort of situation as well, legally, where if you refuse to marry someone, um, then you know that's in that in a same-sex relationship you could end up having a problem but you solve that if you clearly delineate what it means to be a member clearly delineate your your doctrinal statement as an example our doctrinal statement says that you know marriage is between a male and a female that's how we you know as god defined it genesis chapter 2 very clear that that's what we believe and we do not adhere to a same-sex marriage so have a doctrinal statement we have a membership that says look we believe that doctrinal statement. We stand with that doctrinal statement, and therefore it's delineated. And and so if somebody comes in and 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 we say we won't marry someone unless they're a member, and and they're adhering to the doctrinal statement, then you can't have people coming in. I mean, people could come in and say, "Well, you got to marry us," but we would be able to say no because you're not a member, and that's our requirement, and we're okay to have that requirement. So. Wow. Okay. Well, church membership. We define what it is and why it's important to become a member of your local church. Well, I hope so. I <laughs> hope that it. I hope it's better and more clear and and yeah. I, I that's I want to bring clarity to that. I think it is important. It's it's important for the body of Christ to be clear as to who's in and who's out and you know who's part of the body, who's not. You know what the doctrinal statement says. What it what we believe and, you know, what we, what we teach. And, you know, that, 
is very clear, you know, when you come in and, and we can hold you accountable to that. And so it's not a closed membership in the sense of, you know, once you're in, you can never leave. It's not that, you know, that's, you know, we're not, we're not the, the Mormons. We're not you know, Jehovah's Witnesses. We don't handle it that way. And, you know, we believe that there are, you know, that there are other churches that, that are faithful churches and, and you can be a part of that. But I think it's important if you're going to go to a specific church, it's important to covenant with that church as a member. And if that changes, then, you know, withdraw your membership and go and be a member somewhere else. And, and, you know, that's okay, but that's between you and the Lord. You know, you may be, you may even be not, it may not be the best, but it's still between you and the Lord. And I'm not going to stop you. I don't think I, it's not in my authority to stop you. And, it's only in my authority to to hold you accountable when you are saying, uh, you know, you are part of the church, but you hold me accountable as well as your leader. And so, you know, expect that I would, you know, be a be a godly man, and expect that I would have the qualifications in First Timothy three and Titus chapter one. Yeah. So being a member is not a terrifying thing. It's actually a blessing to be a member of. A well, church. I think that's what I hope that's what's come through with yeah. this. It's not a. It's not this bad situation where yeah. I'm. I've saw it signed on the dotted line, and now I'm never. You know, I, I I'm. I don't have any any say in my life anymore. I mean, that's not that's not what it's all about. Yeah, there's no blood signing involved, right? You uh, don't sign in blood. Well, Christ's blood. It's Christ's blood. Christ died for. He did it all. Yes, he's. A, you're a member of the church. Yeah. If you are in, that's what we have to recognize right. is that if Christ died for you. He died for his church. You are a member of the church. Yep. And, you know, and so I, it, it makes sense that I would actually covenant with a church, a local body of Christ, in order to become, a, in order to be, a, you know, part of that church. And so, I mean, that, that makes sense. And yeah. you won't find it explicitly, but you do find it implicitly. And, you know, there is a couple of, I mean, like um, in, uh, it, you know, P- Paul talks about, making the widows a part of the, um, put them on, not putting them on the list. I mean, so they did, there was some accounting in the, in the early church for who was in and who was out. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a good way to end it. Church membership, it's, uh, it's important, and it, it really will help your spiritual growth. Yeah, it's critical even. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up that Spurgeon quote about the brick. It makes me feel better because you've always said to me that I'm as smart as a brick. And I feel good about that now. Uh, did I say you're smart as a brick or dumb as a brick? I thought it was smart. Oh. Did you say dumb? No, Maybe I that's probably not as I, good then. Nah, I probably wouldn't have said dumb because then I wouldn't be a loving member of the body of Christ if I just said you were dumb. But I am a. I feel like a brick. It's good. But maybe I did say you're a brick. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you know, one summer my dad rented me out as a speed bump when I was in high school. So I did that <laughs> as a summer job and it was one of the roughest jobs I ever had. I didn't last long, a couple of days, but. <laughs> You've been listening to Fresh Bread, the podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to Grace Gainesville. Dot .org and thanks for listening.